How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Hey there, Disney Files. Thanks for tuning in. Just a little warning that whilst we like to keep things bright and light here at Dissecting Disney Ditties, occasionally we do drop in a bad word or two. So if you're listening at home or in the car with the kidlets, you might want to listen to this later. Enjoy. We'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we meet to record today, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to elders past and present. Ladies and gentlemen, the president will now be here to answer any questions. Uh, well, thank you all for coming. I, I do have time for a couple of questions. Over here, Mr. President. Mr. President. Mr. President. You, yeah, you there. Stackers from CNN. The people want to know, what is the best Disney song? That's all the time I have for today. Thank you very much. Mr. President, you, you, can't, you can't walk away from this. Hello and Happy New Year! Ooh. Welcome to Dissecting Disney Ditties with Stackers and Will. I'm Stackers. And I'm Will. And on this show we'll be breaking each Disney classic down song by song in an attempt to answer the impossible question. What is the best Disney song? It's no hassle. But um, all I'm saying, they're going to get a... I, I'm just... Which, knock, knock. Who's there? Look, let me tell you a little story about a man named Shh. Even before you start, that was a preemptive Shh. Just know I have a whole bag of Shh with your name on it. Oh my God, I used to quote this. I used to quote that scene. Do you know what it is? There is oh, it's Austin Powers. Austin Powers, baby. It's a, it was like the voice, that voice. Yeah. <laughs> it is a very particular voice. It's one of um, Michael Myers' best Voices, I think. Dr. Evil voice. Maybe not the best movie, but I think the Dr. Evil voice is really like iconic. And, that and Shrek. Yeah, that yeah. and Shrek, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and Fat Bastard. That was well, pretty Well, Fat great. Bastard is basically Shrek. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Shrek for adults. Yeah. And green. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're not here to talk about... Michael Myers filmography, although that would be a lot of fun, stackers. No. Uh, we are here to talk about the, the Great, Great Mouse, Mouse Detective. Detective. 
Harry Potter, anyone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's very similar. I mean, they're both British, so uh, get, oh, your, own, get your own why. idea, Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> that felt, felt very, you know, he's just got his broom and he's flying yeah. around for the first time. It feels like a Christmas movie almost. Like it feels like The Nightmare Before Christmas light version, like a not a, t- a uh, uh, um, Danny, Danny Elfman mm, version of Nightmare Before Christmas. That's because you've got that tick, 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 Yeah, tick, I think. Tick, tick, what's this? What's this? Yeah, it's, it's the same, da, da, same da, da, sort da, da. of setup, same yeah. structure. Um, for our discussion on Nightmare Before Christmas, head on over to patreon.com slash dissecting Disney Diddy, where last month we talked about Nightmare Before Christmas. And it was a really fun episode. It was a really fun episode. I got to nerd out and it was really oh, fun. <laughs> it's so good. Anytime I can, I, I can like hear you talk about musical theory, it just makes me feel warm inside. I'm like, <laughs> this is stuff I don't know, so this is good. <laughs> I feel like I'm learning. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a really fun episode, so feel free to head on over and... And, uh, yeah, subscribe mm. to listen to it because it's really fun. But it is, it, it's an exciting day, Stackers. We are back for 2022 after a month and a bit off. How are you yeah. feeling? How you been? Wow, it looks so much like 2021, doesn't it? Oh, <laughs> sadly, uh, yes, but hey. <laughs> yeah, but I'm good. I have escaped Touchwood, the... Mm. The spicy cough so far. Absolutely. So have I. So oh, I feel like it's Hunger yeah. Games at the moment. Yeah, high five. Yeah. Don't touch me. Yeah. <laughs> Quick sunny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it is, like, still, I guess, tense times. However, mm. I have enjoyed some nice time in the sun. Excellent. I yeah. went to boogie board. Very cool, yeah. I have mastered the boogie board. There you go. Don't need to do it again. <laughs> um, don't, no. don't blame it on the sunshine. Don't blame it on the moonlight. Don't blame it on the good times. Blame, blame it, it on, on the boogie, boogie board. board. <laughs> yeah, no, I had a really, really good time. Uh, yeah, swimming around and just enjoying some sun. What about you? Um, yeah, pretty much the same. I, I managed to get away with some, you know, with my family over the last couple of weeks um, and Angie's family as well. We managed to find some time together, which is really great. I saw a lot of movies, which is awesome. Mm. Um, I saw the Ghostbusters movie, probably my favourite movie oh, I've seen over summer. Really? Yeah, because, you know, Bustin' makes me feel good. Bustin' makes me feel good. I love that you were like, come on, like, yeah. ask me, ask me, I've got it, I've got it. I was itching. I'm like, I need to put this in the board just in case it comes up. And it did. So, I mean, I forced it. But hey. I missed that. I did see Spider-Man. Yes. Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert. It's amazing. Uh, wait, no, no spoiler alert. No spoilers. Don't turn it's, off. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> That's and not I a spoiler. Cried yeah, so, so much. I, I was very surprised by how moving I found it. Yeah. yeah just waves of nostalgia. I wasn't expecting. So I, I didn't know anything about it. So mm. the things that were in it I was just like what oh my god my feelings um yeah yeah yeah, and uh yeah just some incredible moments and yeah no spoilers um I also saw Encanto I watched Encanto as well I I had said that I wasn't going to but then we went away with Angie's family and she you know her sister's got um two young kids and we thought oh let's just put it on with them and um what did you think (sighs) oh really I really liked it but it could be because I'm a uh, a thirsty boy for anything Lin Manuel. Um, like, and I've yeah, I've, yeah, I've sailed. Yeah, um, yeah. I think uh, it was really interesting. I did uh, put something up on my own social page and just said Encanto discuss. I was yeah. like, I just want to know what the the vibe is because yeah. I thought I didn't love that movie. Am I the only one? And it turns out people are pretty divided. Yeah, some okay. people. Uh, like me, are like, well, Moana and Coco are a thing and mm. this is not that thing. Yeah. And other people vehemently 
defend it and say mm. this is one of the greatest things ever. Um, and I guess this is a discussion for when we actually get to that movie. Mm. Um, I just think a lot of things were fundamentally underwhelming when it came to the story. Okay, yeah, yeah. Very yep. predictable and I thought the music was very blah for mm. the most of it, most part of it. And I think when I compare it to things like Coco and Moana, it's not that, you know, Coco is also a culturally prolific film. It's that their stories are mm. incredible and they keep you guessing and wowing. Oh, I didn't expect that. Whereas this, we turned it on and Tim and I both went, so it's probably like this and this is going to happen. It's going to be to do with this, this guy. And we were bang on, which was yeah. very disappointing. Okay. Yeah, that is sad. That mm. is sad. I just, I really enjoyed, I guess, the, like I love the music. I love Lynn's music. And, you know, like you said, you've sailed. I'm still firmly. Every time they start rapping, I'm like. <laughs> yeah. No, look, I always think that I've sailed on Lynn and then I start listening to the set, like the music and I'm just like, oh, no. No, I'm still here. Mm. He's, he can stay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, obviously that we'll, we'll talk more about that when we get to Encanto, which will be this year. Will it? It You've will be. Yeah, I think I worked out last time it was going to be around August we were going to get to wow. the very end. So that might have changed a little bit because we decided to take the last couple of weeks off. But, yeah, around about then. So stick with there us for go. the good times, stick people. We're almost at the fun times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not to say this wasn't a fun time because I actually had a fun time watching I this. really enjoyed the final third and I thought the rest of it was just fine. But the final third was super entertaining. Have you seen this movie before? No. Oh, no, I haven't. Okay. Um, there's another podcast that I listen to, which I've I've told you about. Uh, I think you might have listened to it as well, Blank Check. Blank Check yeah. And they did a Ron Miller, uh, sorry, a Ron Clement, John Musker and Ron Clements <laughs> uh, filmography, essentially. And it starts with The Great Mouse Detective because they uh, directed this along with two other people. And they spoke quite highly of it. And so I feel like anything that I remembered was basically just from then discussing it that I've right. sort of gone, oh, this is that bit and this is that bit. Yeah. But I've never seen this movie before. Right. Yeah. I saw it for the first time in I think it was The Flight – no, it was the flight to America Yeah. Uh, at the end of 2019. I was just going through, I was like kind of getting sick of the things I was watching. I was watching a lot of live action Disney I'd never seen. Mm. And I thought, what's some like animated Disney I've never seen? And this was one of them. So yeah, I watched right. it on the plane. And I remember sort of liking it then. Mm. I sort of liked it today. So yeah, yeah. 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 Um, few things I remember, but yeah, it's just not a very like memorable mm. movie. But I think it's an enjoyable one. No, yeah, it is. It is enjoyable. It is enjoyable, and it's. Um, I'm sure you'll get into this when you talk about stats and all that sort of stuff. But it's interesting that this is sort of the 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 turning point for Disney, I guess, at this stage. Like, there's been a couple of movies that have saved Disney, but this is another one of them, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think actually now is. Uh, oh no! Before we do that, why don't we start with? Oh, yeah. oh, All right, stackers. What we are, are we drinking? Back. You looked very, very con uh, concerned. Concerned, yes. Mm. When I was mixing this drink up, <laughs> um, so we are we are drinking the um, the Basil of Baker Street, as I've come to call it. Mm -hmm. um, now it is. I, I was thinking something like a hot toddy might be good for this because that seems very British, you know, whiskey and and tea and um, and you know, this is obviously a British movie. Basil I don't drink is, whiskey and I hate tea. Oh so well, we're <laughs> yeah, hey, oh, hey, boy. Um, mm. Basically, it is like a 
um, a more cocktail-y version of a hot toddy. Mm. So essentially mm-hmm. we have um, two ounces of scotch. Now I've chosen a sort of sweeter Highland scotch for us. Um, I don't feel like something a bit, you know, peaty or a bit smokier would suit this. So just keep that in mind. It is a sweeter scotch. Uh, a bourbon might even work well. Um then we have, uh, so sorry, did I say ounces or you said I measure in ounces because I have this amazing shot glass and yeah. on the outside is like ounces, mils, some, uh, teaspoons, I think. Yeah. It's awesome. So I, I'm like, ounces is fine. But okay. Well, usually, yeah. I think usually I give it in mils, but I usually write it in ounces and then I convert it in my head. So <laughs> I just like to make things difficult for myself. So 60 millilitres of uh, a sweet scotch. So in this case, a Highland scotch. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have 15 millilitres of an Earl Grey syrup. Now, oh, essentially God. that is a... A simple syrup, so just equal parts water and sugar that also has tea steeped into into the water during the boil. So mm-hmm. um, very easy to make at home. Um, so, yeah, 15 millilitres of a uh, tea syrup. Uh, then we have 15 millilitres of freshly squeezed lime juice, which was not freshly squeezed today, unfortunately. <laughs> it was freshly um, squeezed, squeezed from a bottle. It was freshly squeezed from a bottle. And then we have just two dashes of an orange bitters. Mm, uh, put yum. that all in a shaker with um, a with some ice. And then we have the Basil of Baker Street. Cheers. Okay, Cheers. For those playing at home, Stackers has just instantly grimaced and reached for the water. So. It's like it's not terrible, mm. but it does taste like tea. I think um, I think because we we made it probably about half an hour ago now, it's sort of diluted a little bit too much. I feel like fresher it would be a little bit more intense on the whiskey, a little bit less intense it on the It tastes like iced tea. A little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I don't like iced tea, but I think people who do like iced tea would really like that. Mm, the um, the the lime's actually quite nice. I, I wasn't expecting it would come through that much, but it has, and it is delicious. At least that's my personal opinion. Well, that is probably the first one I will not finish by the end of the episode. <laughs> uh. <laughs> that's okay, but yes, that is the Basil of Baker Street. I know I always say I'm going to put the photos up on socials. I will endeavour to do so Look, in the next usually week. Usually, it's me, and the last one didn't go up. Because of me, so. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We both suck equally. Yeah, but we may have a, a very great um, solution to that thanks to our amazing uh, supporters at Patreon. So thank you to everyone who is donating. Your money is Ooh. going towards something, we promise. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just stay tuned for that. You're not giving us money just so we can save to send Will to Disneyland. Although that is <laughs> that is on the cards. So join us over at patreon.com. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump into some stats with stackers. The year is 1986. Mm. We are at the beginning of what is known as the Renaissance period, although depending on who you speak to, it either starts here or it starts in 1989. Mm. So the film is The Great Mouse Detective, later renamed Basil the Great Mouse Detective, so it depends what version of the VHS slash DVD that you purchased. Yeah, so um, was it was it called one thing internationally and then one thing domestically for the US? Or? Um, there was just arguments over what this was going to be called, so it was right. Basil and then it wasn't Basil and then it was Basil again, but they never okay. actually changed the title credits. Right, interesting. So it's always been The Great Mouse Detective if you press play, Yeah, but depending on what you've got i believe there is a 
pardon me, a DVD of it somewhere where it says Basil the Great Mouse Detective on the cover, mm-hmm. but the disc says the Great Mouse Detective, so there's just, you know, yeah, okay. depends what's on your shelf. And if you've got Disney Plus, then it doesn't matter. Cause, yeah, you know. yeah. It's all just the one thing anyway, the great Disney machine. So the music uh, is credited to Henry Mancini, who mm. we know wrote the Pink Panther theme. He yeah. also wrote Moon River. He's a pretty boss Pretty big deal. Composer. Um, aside from the Pink Panther theme, this is the one movie he scored. Right, okay, yeah. Mm. So he wrote the songs and did the score for it? Well, the songs... <laughs> How how very few of them there are, are written by Alan Fitzhugh, Larry Grossman and Henry Mancini. So Henry Mancini co-wrote two songs with those people. Yeah. And then there is a third song uh, called Let Me Be Good, which is written and performed by Melissa Manchester. Yeah, as a sexy mouse. As a very sexy mouse. At the beginning of the confusing, yeah, should just... we find animals sexy in yeah. <laughs> the 80s and 90s? <laughs> so um, there's, uh, I'll talk about that song more when we get to it because there's some fun trivia around that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the cast, we've got Barry Ingram as Basil, who was a Bell Shakespeare actor. Right, okay, and yeah. they auditioned a lot of people for that role and he auditioned and got the role within six minutes, which wow. is kind of cool. Wow, We've got the incredible Vi- Vincent Price as Professor Rattigan. What a legend. Who you would probably most recognise as the voice at the start of Thriller. Darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize y'all's neighborhood. Right, yeah. Okay, yeah. Very cool. On that note, I've got an interesting factoid for you later with the cut songs. But uh, Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. You want to leave it for that? I'll leave it for there. Okay, cool. Um, in the role of Major Dr. David D. Dawson, Okay, in the role of Dawson, I was like, what is what this character is at the top name? of my list? Um, in the role of Dawson, we've got Val Betton, who was mm-hmm. also the voice of Jafar in the sequels of Aladdin. Oh, uh, yes, the critically acclaimed uh, Aladdin 2 Return of Jafar. Return of Jafar. Yeah. Featuring did, the clearly the clearly winning, winning song. song. <laughs> um, uh, t- uh, you're, uh, well, what the fuck's the song called? Um, I'm I, looking out for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll get to it one day. We will get to it. It's going to be a very <laughs> underwhelming moment, I think. I'm looking out for me. As Olivia Flavisham, we've got Suzanne Politeshik, Pol- I believe is how I should say that. This was basically her only role. She did one other minor thing as a child and that was it. Right. Nice yeah. to note, though, she is legitimately Scottish. Oh, cool. Um, The man who plays her father is Alan Young, who voiced Scrooge McDuck for over 30 years. Oh, wow. And although he is not Scottish, his parents are, which is why he has has this amazing Scottish brogue. Because Scrooge McDuck was Scottish, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. We've got the incredible Candy Candido as Fidget the Bat. And his voice is so recognisable, but I feel like this is the first time it's quite different. Yeah. So he's really obvious. He voices one random... I, ensemble character. I'm such a musical <laughs> theatre nerd. One random cameo character that says one line in his typical very bass yeah. voice, but Fidget actually is quite plays quite a lot higher. But mm. it's still him. It's that rough voice. So, for those who may not recognise him, uh, I might throw in a. I think this might be the last time we hear him. So I might throw in a little uh, montage here. But mm. he was. I know it. 
this first one isn't Disney, but I have to mention it because it's my favourite film. So he was the angry apple tree in The Wizard of Oz. What do you think you're doing? That's right. This is that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Indian chief in Peter Pan. Teach him, pale-faced brother, all about red man. Yeah. One of Maleficent's goons in Sleeping Beauty. The captain of the guard and the crocodile in Robin Hood. Your Highness, with your royal permission, we are ready to begin. And he's obviously fidget in this as well. And he's also, oh, I've put it here, reprobate in the pub. So uh, it's just like this random character that says one thing. It's like, and I'm yeah, like, that's okay. Candy Candido. His voice is just so recognisable. Very, very tall man. Very, very ridiculously deep voice. We've also got Frank Welker as Toby. Who's Toby? Toby is uh, one of the one of Radigan's crew, I think. Hmm. Well, he was Fred in Scooby Doo. Oh, Zoinks! Hmm. Hmm. There you go. Uh, then there's a whole lot of other people. Now, I've got here a credit for Sherlock Holmes, but he's not in the film, is he? He is a, he appears as a silhouette and he's playing the, the violin. violin. I don't... He must speak at some point. I feel like he does speak at some point. Because it's credited to Basil Rathbone, who was Sherlock Holmes for 14 years. Oh, interesting. But I might have missed it. Like, I saw him playing the violin. Hmm. Mm. I feel like he did say something. He called out to um, uh, whoever his house, his his tent, his uh, landlord is, whatever her name is. I feel like he calls out to her at some point. Uh, mm. I just can't remember the name. Well, of, they probably paid a lot of money for that one line. Um. <laughs> for the for the one dad who'll be yeah. in the audience going ah. <laughs> So, um, and then we've also got uh, quite a famous 70s singer-songwriter, Melissa Manchester, who played Miss Kitty Mouse, mm-hmm. who's the showgirl mouse that we see for, you know, three minutes. The sexy mouse. The yeah, sexy yeah. mouse, the very sexy mouse. <laughs> um, she was a pretty famous singer-songwriter. She seemed to do a lot of covers. So she covered, like, Rescue Me, Don't Cry Out Loud, um, My Boyfriend's Back, so Walk On By. She oh, seemed yeah. to do a lot of, like, big covers. Yep, yep. Um, but she's got quite a Wikipedia page. Right. Okay. Mm. Yeah, cool. So <laughs> one of those great adult contemporary um, singers. I always find adult contemporary such a weird category. It's kind of <laughs> like saying this is for, like, middle-aged women who drink wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Nora Jones. Come away with me in the night. It only had three songs in it. I doubt you, if you've seen this film, you will remember any of them, but you may remember there is a villain song in this movie, which I was kind of surprised. This movie's been very buried. Mm. Like, when you go to Disneyland, this film does not exist. Yeah, it's weird because it is an important film in that it essentially saves the Disney animated uh Team, mm. But, yeah, you don't hear anything about it. No, there's, like, no merch, there's no rides, but mm. there's still stuff about a lot of the movies that came before this. So this movie kind of just happened. Yeah. And then uh, I think it might be because of where Disney was at at the moment. So we're currently in the 80s. So mm. if we just go back to the 70s, we had all of the new animators come in from CalArts. Yep. Which is kind of like sending them in from 
I don't know, VCA if we're in Victoria. You yeah, know, yeah, a, yeah. You know, we, we're young, budding, hip artists. We're, and we're shake ready to go and shake this thing up. Anyway, you so boomers. they come in and there's a whole lot of um, disagreement over the rescuers mm. and it ends up causing some great divides. Now, whilst the rescuers is being done, um, quite a few artists are shoved onto the Black Cauldron. Now, the Black Cauldron came out two years prior to this we didn't touch it because it doesn't have any music in it, which is probably the suicide of that film. Yeah. Well, one of the suicides of that film. Um, oh, sorry, it came out the year before. It was 1985. Yeah. So a bunch of the new animators were originally on that and they are looking at making the Black Cauldrons based on a series of five books. So they gave a guy a job to create one movie out of five books. And um, a lot of people had kind of raved about these books and it seemed very much designed for film. However, I think maybe if they went with a live action, Mm. you know, even Mm. like teleseries or something, it may have gone better. Because that was pretty big in the 80s too. You think like Never Ending Story and um, Legend and Dark Crystal, like like high... I don't know if it's a high fantasy, but like fantasy in the eighties was very popular, very like live action fantasy. Oh, it's a high fantasy. Have yeah. you seen it? No, I haven't. I've heard that it is aged well and that I should watch it. Uh. Okay, so <laughs> you obviously disagree. That's okay. That's it's okay. Basically, from what I remember, I watched this maybe six months ago. Um, it's about a pig farmer's assistant, mm. and it turns out he is going to be the knight. He's like the chosen one or something. Yeah, okay. And yeah. there's some princess he has to save and there's this super, super evil overlord who's protecting something, something, cauldron, something, something, dark and evil. So yeah, yeah. it's just, it's really dark. And the storyboarding that was done was epically dark. And Ron Miller was like, look, I don't think the young animators are experienced enough to handle this content. Mm. Uh, Let's put them on this other movie that we're going to call Basil the Great Mouse Detective. Yep, yep. And so they were kind of shoved there. Tim Burton was working a lot on The Black Cauldron because basically the animators were asked, give us something dark and totally different to Disney. Which is totally his wheelhouse. Which is totally what he did and they totally chucked everything. Um, So... (laughs) They kicked him off that and he went down his path. Uh, Ron Clements once rocked up to work and found all of his animations that were on his desk just gone. He walked into his office and someone had, like, taken all his work. So he left that project and jumped onto this film. Yeah. The, I keep wanting to call it The Rescuers. <laughs> it basically <laughs> that's all, is. That's all the it great basically is. Um, and so there's a lot happening. And Ron, Ron Miller famously only lasted as CEO of Disney for like a year and a half before he was booted and replaced by Michael Eisner. And that's yep. when... I want to call him Rosencrantz, like Rosencrantz and <laughs> yeah. Bildenstein. Katzenberg. Katzenberg, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it's hot. Okay, yeah, so Jeffrey so Katzenberg <laughs> comes in uh, and that's the beginning of their era and I think I'll talk about that more in the next episode. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of shifts. So what's happened is the Black Cauldron is given this incredible budget of just over... I think it's like $45 million, making it the most expensive animation Mm. ever made. Now, if you look at a making of Basil the Great Mouse Detective, it's the very first use of CGI animation combined with hand-drawn animation, which is 
incorrect. Yeah. It was actually first done in the Black Cauldron. But Disney's like, no, 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 that movie didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got Fox of the Hound and then rah, 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 and then Basil's a great mouse detective. <laughs> so they give this movie $45 million budget. They give the B team... Basil the Great Mouse Detective. Yeah, yeah. And they say, Black Cauldron gets 45 mil, you guys get 10. I mean, 10 is still considerable. But... But, I mean, not <laughs> not particularly at this time, but I think in terms of what has come before, 10 is still, like, okay. Yeah, but the other one's got 45. But the other one's got so, fucking $45 million. Yeah. What the fuck? So Black Cauldron makes just around 21 mil. Mm. And Basil Jesus. the Great Mouse Detective... Makes about 50. Makes about 50, shit. Okay, yeah. So Basil the Great Mouse Mouse Detective, as it becomes known, absolutely dominates the film. Now, this is the, like, reject animators who are, you know, disgruntled or kicked off, go Mm. and work on this film. Um, This film was actually suggested a few years earlier, but they rejected it because it's too similar to The Rescue. Right, yeah, yeah. It's it's mice and they go on an Mm. adventure and they rescue something in the end. Now, when this first came about, and we're talking about the rescuers, Don Bluth was still working at Disney. Yeah, I know. I think I know where you're going with this. So, Don Bluth, uh, if you listen to our previous episode, had massive creative differences mm. and kind of said, "Screw this! I'm going to go start my own production company, and I'm taking all these people with me." And they released The Secret of Nymph, and then four months after Basil the Great Mouse Detective comes out, we get. An American Tale. Somewhere out there beneath the pale moonlight Someone's thinking of me and loving me tonight A movie that young Will adored. (laughs) So both movies are about anthropomorphic mice who live parallel lives to the human world above them. They are very similar films. Yeah. Now, I haven't seen An American Tale since I was a child. Mm. Do you remember much about the storyline? I remember that it is basically like a fiddler on the roof type thing. I think think the the metaphor or the the analogy or whatever... What am I trying to say? The synonym or whatever it is that it is Synagogue. about. Synagogue. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I think it's basically about like the the story of um, Jewish persecution in Russia. Oh, okay. I think that's what it's about from memory. Sounds very American. And then like the cats are the Russians and the, the mice are the Jewish population who have to leave and go to America. Right. Mm. Okay, so not similar storylines, but similar concepts then. Yeah, in that, yeah. You know, they're mice. And- well, yeah, yeah, it's a mice that loses family and has to, like, get yeah, back to them, essentially. But just that, yeah. like, anthropomorphic parallel yeah. thing yeah. is still very, very similar. Absolutely. So yeah. that comes out. That ends up being the most successful non-Disney animated film. So yeah. it didn't quite make, it missed by like a couple of mil, mm, the mm. box office that this made, yeah. but it was very freaking close. Yeah. And that really gave like um, Katzenberg mm. the boot up the ass that Disney really needed. Oh, that would have scared the shit out of yeah, them. Yeah, like because it's like we're coming for you. This is kind of like the, the chain, the wheel is absolutely rolling now and mm. it's kind of like um, Disney's being criticised for trying to emulate what Walt Disney would have done and failing at it yeah. is what they're doing. So in addition to that all starting to change, 
Ron Miller, when he was in power, was like, Disney needs to move forward. We need to get with the times. And even though he wasn't doing too well with that, you mm. know, Black Cauldron yeah, <laughs> lost them yeah. tens of millions of dollars. Jeff Blumen... Blumenkrantz. <laughs> Katzenberg. <laughs> <laughs> Musical theatre composer. This is the Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> of uh, of this podcast. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay, so Jeffrey Katzenberg. Yep. Is like we need to keep doing that. Like mm. I, I liked where he was going with this. Let's you know the Disney Channel is coming out, and you know we we need to get with it. So let's talk about a little bit home video. Mm. So I talked about this. I feel like five billion episodes ago. Yeah, because I think like Snow White was the first. No, one. no, no. Snow oh. White was definitely no. Not the first it one. wasn't. Sorry, it was something else. Oh, yeah, something I do else. remember this. Discussion. What was the first one? I think it was Pinocchio. Was second. Pinocchio was second. Cinderella then? Nah, something far less popular. Sleeping Beauty. Less popular. Fuck. No, nah, don't remember. Robin Hood. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah okay. But Pinocchio was like the first good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one cared about Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah. So in the 70s, we have the release of Cartrevision. Mm-hmm. I have to do this with my hand to be like, what's that called? It's a cartridge. <laughs> cartrevision. <laughs> For those at home, she is literally miming putting a video cassette into a video player. And for our younger listeners, a video cassette is. <laughs> Ask your parents, they'll tell you. <laughs> so, cartrevision comes out. <laughs> Cartrevision was like this the original home video entertainment system. It was super expensive mm. and you didn't just buy the unit, you bought the unit with a TV and you couldn't buy it without a TV. Right, so okay, that was the yeah. first kind of problem. Yeah. It was wicked expensive. Basically, you'd get this unit and then you'd get a catalogue and you could order videos you wanted to hire from the catalogue. Oh, like Netflix, but shit. But, yeah, and slower. <laughs> so you'd ring up and say, I want this, this, this. They'd send it out to you now. Kind of the downfall of it was you could only play them once and you couldn't rewind. Oh. Yeah, so if you miss something, too bad. <laughs> and if I want to watch it and you want to watch it, we had to watch it together. Otherwise, oh, well. So Okay. Yeah, yeah. you'd watch it once and you'd send it back. Now, mm, quite a few movie companies got on board, though, and said, yeah, we're going to put our movies in the catalogue, except for Disney. Disney had a huge problem with it because... One of its selling points was you can record TV to a cassette. Right. And they said, no way. They've never released their movies on the Disney Channel, on TV. The only ones that have been released are Alice in Wonderland, but it was a condensed version. Yep. And Dumbo, condensed. Yeah. But otherwise, nothing has been released. Hmm. So we get to 1977 and Betamax and VHS come out. Betamax is invented by Sony. VHS is like the response that eventually won that marketing debate. Um, And they come out and they're still expensive, but you don't need to buy a TV this time. Yeah. So um, you can buy those and then you can get videos that go in there and you can rewind them and hooray. And you can buy videos now. Mm. You don't need to like subscribe to a a subscription (laughs) (laughs) catalogue. Like it's Tupperware. So that comes out and Disney gets really mad about it because, again, they are saying you can record to video. Now you can record your TV. Mm. So you can record your favourite shows, your favourite sporting events, your favourite movies. Yeah, okay. Now Disney still hasn't released any movies on 
VH uh, on TV. But they said, no, we're not putting anything on video. This is a gateway to bootlegging. This right. is ridiculous. We're going to sue Sony for inventing this product. Oh, shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they sue Sony and that goes on for quite a while. Yeah. Because um, obviously it's just it's a new world. Yeah, yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah. But it's a new world of like bootlegging. What is that? You know, we yeah. didn't, this is new technology. And so whilst they're fighting that, Katzenberg's like, eh, Let's release a couple of things on video just to, like, keep the populace happy. Yeah. And they release every Disney movie you've never heard of. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> things that were, like, kind of on the Disney Channel or I can't remember what it was called before it was a Disney Channel, but... We have talked about yeah. it. I don't remember. Yeah. But, you know, things like that. And mm. It's just, like, stuff no one really wants and a lot of, like, Mickey Mouse shorts and things right. like that. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, people are hanging for Cinderella and Snow White and Pinocchio, so mm. that doesn't really go off. And then come the 80s, finally Disney's like, hmm, maybe we should release a few things on video and coincidentally it's announced they lost the lawsuit against Tony, uh, Sony. <laughs> so it's like if you can't beat them. Against Tony. <laughs> I don't know what's Just wrong some fucker called Tony. He's like, why am I getting sued by Disney? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with me? I'm so sorry. <laughs> so they, they've lost the lawsuit against Sony and they're like, well, if you can't beat them, join them. Yeah, yeah. Let's release one video. And Ron Miller had started this thing of we'll release the classics. We'll call it the Disney classics. Mm. It kind of never went anywhere. So now I want to say Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> Scringle Grank. <laughs> Jeffrey Katzenberg. <laughs> This is this is the loosest recording we've ever done, and I think it's because oh, it's so fucking just hot. It down. It's just so fucking just hot. Just write stackers. it down. Every time you want it, just look. Cats and bird. Cats like meow. Okay. So Jeffrey, I should just hold it up for you. So that guy. So Jeffrey Katzenberg's like, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep doing that. Let's start with the great classic, Robin Hood. Ah. Oh. From Walt Disney Home Video comes the summer's best Robin Hood adventure with America's most popular hero. It's Robin Hood I want! And this is around the time that Disney is being criticised for losing the depth and the values that the original movies had and now we're leaning really into comedy like Robin Hood. Right, yeah. Um, which is why they were like, well, we're going to do the Black Cauldron and show mm. them how serious we are and that, <laughs> that went really well. You want anti-comedy? <laughs> And so they release Robin Hood and it kind of just happens. Like yeah, no yeah. one gives a shit. So the second one they release mm. is Pinocchio mm-hmm. and it goes off. So their, their plan for this, because yeah. they are still, they didn't want to release things on video because they're still doing re-releases in cinema and they're making yeah. a shit ton of money off it. Just going, Snow White's back in your cinema just for this time and people go and buy tickets. So they're still trying to work out how how do we keep milking money from these yeah. <laughs> these enterprises. These suckers. <laughs> and so they release Pinocchio, but they release it for some stupid amount of money. At the time it was 80 something dollars, which yeah, with inflation is like 100 something. Yeah. So they release Pinocchio. And they make it super expensive with the idea that only video stores are going to buy it and therefore people will just rent it and so not everyone's going to have it and people will still, you know, like to relive this over and over again and keep giving more and more money to the machine. But, of course, people are so excited, they just buy it anyway. I think it would be fun to have a popcorn party and watch Pinocchio. Right, okay. So that then leads to the idea of 
will make the vault a VHS thing. So when movies were being re-released, they were using the term going back into the vault. So it's like, you know, Peter Pan's coming back to a cinema near you for a short amount of time before we put it back in the vault. Now they're going to say Peter Pan's coming out on video, but only for a short amount of time, then it's going back into the vault. One of the most wonderful movies you can share with your family, Disney's Beauty and the Beast on video is about to disappear. And now's the best time to add it to your collection. After April, Disney will no longer be selling Beauty and the Beast on video. Buy now while supplies last. Which I vividly remember as a 90s kid being like, oh my God, you know, it's out on the... T- Aladdin's out, let's it's go get it. It's the 40th anniversary yeah. of Disney's <laughs> Peter Pan on the moon. And, um, you know, the ads are like, don't disappoint your child. For a limited time, the story no child should be without. Walt Disney's Cinderella on video cassette. You know, we're too late. Cinderella's uh, gone. Like, it's so just like my, my layering on the guilt. My parents disappointed me so often <laughs> without, with not buying those Disney They vaults. tried. They got you Aladdin 2. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Aladdin 2 and the bootleg uh, Snow White and Seven Dwarfs. So it becomes this absolute frenzy and it's very, very successful. Mm. So once they've released all the videos, it's like, okay, we've released them. Now what do we do? We release them with a different cover. So now we've got the bloody platinum edition yeah. and the silver edition yeah. and the gold edition and the one with the bonus features and, oh, now we've got DVDs. Mm. So now we need the Blu-ray and the platinum Blu-ray and that there was like a, there was a thing that wasn't Blu-ray. Remember when there was a different player yeah, that came out? Yeah, it was out? like the Betamax and VHS thing, but it was Blu-ray and I think it was called, I think it was just called HD Video or HD TV or something like that. It was HD something. Anyway, they've got all of those. So now people who are absolute collectophiles, Mm. there's a proper word for that, but we're going to go with collectophiles. (laughs) I like it. Not only want it it on video, but they want all the videos and all the DVDs just because. Only weird people do that, um, like me and the Wizard of Oz. (laughs) It's a different box, Will. I mean, it's look, a different box. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> questioning your box choices. Um, it is a ve- they, they are very good at marketing. Yeah. And very good at merch. That's something that Disney has always been, like I feel like Disney has always been very good at, is, like you said, milking that money from, mm. you know, the suckers, essentially. Yeah. And the idea is just flood the market. Mm. Because mm. even if you or I don't want it, the kids want it, and then we're like, well, we need to buy them a present. Guess yeah. we'll get them a Frozen doll or something. Yeah, you know, it's just yeah, yeah. when it's everywhere, everyone wants it, whether you actually want it or not. It just mm. feels like you should because it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, which is why the marketing um, for Frozen was so freaking successful. I just yeah. can't think. They haven't quite done that for any other movie mm. where I just saw stuff for it everywhere. It's funny because um, just to get back to Encanto for a second, yeah. Um, I read something recently, and it, it I, I haven't fact-checked it, so I may be wrong, but I believe it was a post by a Disney person who said that we didn't anticipate the level of support that the Louisa character would get. And so... We made more dolls of the pretty hair yeah, flower yeah. girl. Not yeah. realising that people would, like, gravitate towards this gruff, hulky, strong woman. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I find that really interesting. Yeah, I guess because she's got the cooler song because, let's be honest, the Flower Girl song just doesn't need to happen. Nah. Um, <laughs> da, 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 we'll, we'll get there. You made we'll a cactus. Yeah, yeah. Good for you. Good for you. Um, 
<laughs> anyway, so that's that's kind of what we're in at the moment. So the first video has come out, I mm. believe, mm. and we're heading into that. But that's how we all got suckered into the Disney vault. And then when you finally had them all, it's like, Disney Plus. Yeah. Do you have them all? I don't think you have them you all. You don't need them anymore because they're all there. But there just would, I imagine they would still be worth quite a bit of money. Like there will be collectors out there who spend. There are apparently versions of videos, mm. I think videos in particular, that are worth a lot of money if they had this sticker on it or something. Yeah, like, right. Just like sh- stupidly clever marketing ploys. Like you and your Wizard of Oz like box sets. Yeah. No, that's different. <laughs> I was like, I can, I can judge. And then I was like, no, I can't. <laughs> so, yeah, that's where we are in the, in the mm. Disney, Disney-verse at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's mm. a lot. So. There's a lot happening. We might as well talk about the actual movie now. So mm. um, here's what the movie's about. that sound. I have too because it's not in the movies anymore. Isn't it? Uh, you haven't noticed? No, I haven't. I noticed it when I watched Jungle Cruise, but I think even in Encanto it's not there. I have noticed recently that like you now hear the movie sounds sort of over the end of it almost, like it's silent and then you hear the mm. yeah. or whatever the soundtrack is. Yeah, you know? I think they got sick of paying money to, um, to those other fuckers. Because remember, folks, if you didn't listen to our first couple of episodes, this is just to let you know that they do not own the rights to the music of Pinocchio <laughs> or Snow White. So I they've been that. paying somebody else squillions of dollars to have that little like 30-second grab of when you wish upon a star. It's not even. It's probably like 15 seconds. I think that might be Someone my favourite favorite piece of Disney trivia that I've learned. I think that's incredible. They've tried to get it back. They have <laughs> failed. I mean, wouldn't you? Oh, boy. If you own the rights to that song, wouldn't mm. you be like, <laughs> no. Money, please. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... Basil the Great Mouse Detective. Oh, the Great Mouse Detective. Freaking no Basil. There was Basil. Basil's um, in it, but it's not called Basil. <laughs> but, you know, so, eat some Basil. Great Mouse Detective is basically the story of Sherlock Holmes with mice. Mm, yeah. No, essentially that's pretty mm. much it. Yeah. There's a little girl named Olivia mm-hmm. who has a gorgeous little Scottish accent. Mm. Her father is a toy maker. He's abducted at the start of the movie. Now, I watched this with my mum mm-hmm. and... The opening sequence is he's just made a toy for his daughter. The bat comes in, abducts him, and then the title credit appears. When that title credit appeared, my mum said, it's already more exciting than Encanto. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Brutality. I was like, Ooh. <laughs> We need a new segment. <laughs> yeah. Stackers as sassy mum. <laughs> Memos from mum. So... So that happens. She finds Basil. No, she is crying in an alleyway. She's found by Dawson. Mm. She says she wants to find Basil. Yep. He finds Basil with her and that is his introduction to Basil and they become the like Sherlock and Watson, Watson duo. But this time it's Basil and Dawson. And basically the rest of the movie is him trying to find out who stole her father because mm. she doesn't have a mother because it's Disney and mm. you have no right to have two parents if no. you're a protagonist. No. So <laughs> That is a thing, isn't it? It is oh, a huge yeah. thing. Didn't realise it until now. That's yeah, a thing. It's mm. just from here on in, I think it's a real Musker and Clements thing, but even before that actually, yeah, 
Mm. Find me a princess in particular that doesn't that has two parents. Yeah, true. True. Or a male protagonist, Aladdin. Simba starts with two. <laughs> oh, I'm not. Re- like, I'm not prepared oh, for that. Look at him yet. and his happy little. Nope. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Bambi starts with two. Nope. 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 Um, <laughs> so you know they find they find the thugs. They rescue the father. Hooray! It's, it's a very linear story. Mm. Nothing, yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Nothing too surprising happens yeah. in it. Mm. Now. I have mm. read the book. Now, this one was very thankfully only 30 pages long. Oh, that's nice. As opposed to like 300 or whatever the Jungle Book was. <laughs> um, not, I must say, I can't figure out which one is a more kind of flatline story. Yeah. You'll get that when you read it. Okay, here we go. So, Basil of Baker Street is a series of children's novels written by Eve Titus and illustrated by Paul Galdone. The stories focus on the titular Basil of Baker Street and his personal biographer, Dr. David Q. Dawson. Together they solve the many crimes and cases of the mouse world. Both live in Homestead, a mouse community built in the cellar of 221 Baker Street where Sherlock Holmes is a tenant upstairs. Okay, so sorry. So the 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 whole of Homestead is in two twenty one Baker Street. Yes. Ah, oh, interesting. Okay, because it was from memory. The movie is just his place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. The five original titles were published from nineteen fifty eight to nineteen eighty two by McGraw Hill. The series was revived three decades later with a new book that was published by Aladdin Paperbacks on October twenty eighteen, written by Kathy Hapka with illustrations by David Mottram. A seventh instalment followed in May twenty nineteen. The 1986 Disney animated feature, The Great Mouse Detective, was based on these novels. Thank the, you, Wikipedia. Well, thank you, Wikipedia. Now for... moving on to the bit I actually wrote. <laughs> <laughs> the story, narrated by Dawson, begins with Basil receiving notice of the missing twins, Angela and Agatha. Nothing dates a story more than having a character named Agatha. At what point did people realise that naming a child Agatha instantly made them 75 years old? Very true, very true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the story. We learn that Basil has studied the methods of his upstairs neighbour, Sherlock Holmes, and has developed a knack for solving mysteries of his own. He now dresses and speaks like Sherlock, uh, like Holmes and has a walking cane in, and is officially the cutest piece of vermin in London. The mystery of Ag- Angela and Agatha is officially the strangest case of Basil's career, owing to the fact that the girls are the daughters of his neighbours. Not Holmes, apparently, just some other rodent neighbours. I thought it was... I interpret it as Sherlock Holmes's neighbours, like two adult girls. Yeah, uh, right. Sorry, human girls are being yeah. stolen. And the next chap- two chapters were very confusing. And then I had to go <laughs> back and I was like, oh, he means like his mouse neighbours. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So after talking to his neighbour, Basil visits the sweet shop and notices some footprints. From this, he works out the girls were kidnapped. In the next chapter, Basil makes a violin. End of chapter. Mm-hmm. In the next chapter, a mouse visits Basil with a letter and quickly leaves. Basil spends the next page flexing his detective skills and working out the life of the message mouse. Kind of like in the movie when he's doing, you have the you have a wife because you have that. Oh no, you were in the sailor. Oh, you have yeah, that yeah, stitch, yeah, yeah, and you have. Yeah. It's like a whole chapter of the that. whole Sherlock yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, pro tip: I'm a bit of a, a thirsty skank for like Sherlock Holmes doing his thing. I love oh, it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it so much. It's chapter six, and we are finally reading Thirsty the letter. Skank. Thirsty skank. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, it's chapter six and we are finally reading the letter. It's a ransom note from the Terrible Three that demands all mice move out of Baker Street at once and has volunteered Basil to be their removalist. <laughs> the Terrible Three then plan to use Baker Street as their own new HQ. I think that might be the worst part of receiving a letter like that is like everyone has to move. By the way, Will, you're the removalist. I'd be like, what the fuck? It's basically like it was a, it was a generic letter to everyone in the street and it yeah. says, you know, you all have to get out. Basil will help you move, but leave all your furniture behind because we want it. It's, yeah, a, it's yeah. a really weird letter. So Basil's only job is actually to get them get, out. Get them out, yeah. Okay. yeah. Disguised as sailors, Basil and Dawson board a train to find the troublemakers. Basil chats up an innkeeper who, excha- who in exchange for stories about how Basil fought some vicious natives, mm-hmm. t- tells him that the name of the messenger and where he is from. Yep. The two mice wind up in a bar and it's here they meet the terrible three. The bullies bump their way around the joint, complaining at the food and leave. End of chapter. Uh-huh. Uh, they find a grocer who tells them all about the messenger, Henry Hawkins, and the loads of sweets he's been buying lately. This leads Basil to believe he's in charge of feeding the girls sugar. They were also work out the terrible three are hiding on a yacht. I can't remember how and I'm speed reading, so just accept it and move on. <laughs> Done. Accepted. <laughs> They're on a yacht. <laughs> In the next chapter, Basil and Dawson board the yacht whilst the thugs are out having dinner. They see a typewriter and confirm, yep, this is their yacht. End of chapter. (laughs) Cool. Um, The thugs show up at the doorway. Oh, no, kerfuffle, pow, blam. Bound and gasping for air, Basil reveals he knows who they are. Barney the bank robber, Freddy the forger, and Percy the pickpocket. They then huzzah, and all of a sudden they are free, and the yacht is crawling with police mice. The gang are sent to prison. Next scene, I mean chapter. (laughs) (laughs) They happen upon Hawkins, who's napping outside his house and demands he tells them everything. He explains that he and his wife are honest folk and jobs are scarce. The terrible three ask him to fix some cabinets on the yacht and he doesn't know and he didn't know who they were, so he said yes. Once he heard them talking about the kidnapping of the girls, he told them he would tell the police. They laughed and basically said, Tell the police and we'll kill your family. Mm-hmm. Don't know why I did that voice. <laughs> so using the power of blackmail, they were able to leave Hawkins to their do their dirty work and kidnap the girls. Hawkins takes the detectives through the forest to a little cabin where the girls are being kept upstairs. He calls their names. They don't answer, and I presume they are dead. The mice get attacked by a frantic owl. Something, something, get to the rescue part so I can pour another gin. The girls are alive. Hooray! They're asleep and surrounded by chocolate. There's some moral about stranger danger. Basil hires Hawkins to be the carpenter of Bacon Street, uh, and there was much rejoicing. Hooray, the end. That is very different to the movie we watched. Yeah. There's um, a couple of nods they make, like they dress up as sailors. When they go to the bar, they pass three thugs who give them the eye. Uh, okay. And yeah, I yeah, figured yeah. that was a nod to the book. Yep. Very cool. Other than that, oh, the violin thing. Mm, mm. But he didn't really make a violin. He just No, he just it. had it yeah. and he sat on it and broke oh, it. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's yeah. a whole chapter about how, like, he stole... An E string from upstairs because he was restringing his violin and that was the last string he needed for his violin. He had a bit of wood and he was like carving the wood and then If he, he stole the string from upstairs, it would be a very thick string to him. Uh, look, this <laughs> Do you want me to not poke holes in the, in the Basil of Baker Street story? Have you I'm seen confused. cats? Like, if yeah, you want to go there. Um, <laughs> Butthole cut, release it. Yeah, but otherwise it's, yeah, it's different mm. because Dawson... It doesn't explain how Dawson met Sherlock, whereas the film, right. which is also yeah. narrated by Dawson, yeah. which is very really nice, mm-hmm. um, is how he met Sherlock, which was yeah. he stumbled on the yeah. girl and then found Dawson. Which I think is a very sort of classic 
Sherlock Holmes and Watson story is that Watson meets Sherlock either by needing a place to live or just by happening to meet someone who knows him or something like that. Oh, like right. it does feel very Sherlocky, and I, I did really enjoy the Sherlocky aspects of this movie. Like I, I love Sherlock Holmes. Give me oh. an ad- adaptation of Sherlock Holmes, and I'll just devour it with a spoon. Um, you know, Robert Downey Jr. or Benedict Cumberbatch or mm. the guy who does it in America, the the American version, uh, which is escaping me briefly. Um, they're all really, really good. Mm. Yeah, I love Sherlock. So just about the name of this film, because I want to come back to this because it's a fun little story. Sure. So this was originally going to be called Basil of Baker Street. Yeah. And Michael Eisner had taken over by the time it was about to be released and he said, Basil is too British. Let's (laughs) call it the Great Mouse Detective. Okay. (laughs) And a few people were a bit miffed about that and so a fax was sent around by an unnamed... um, animator yeah, yeah. who, like, uh, according to Wikipedia, it thinks it knows who it is, but I don't know. From what I've heard, no one's really ever opened, owned up to it because he wanted to fire whoever did it. So yeah. I want you to tell me what are these films. Okay. Okay, I'm going to do them out of order so it's a little um, less obvious, but <laughs> The Girl with the See-Through Shoes. <laughs> Cinderella. The Little Deer Who Grew Up. Uh, Bambi. Two Dogs Fall in Love. Uh, Lady and the Tramp. <laughs> the Wonderful Elephant Who Could Really Fly. <laughs> Dumbo. Puppies Taken Away. 101 Dalmatians. Seven Men Help a Girl. (laughs) Snow White, it's very good. (laughs) I I really like that. (laughs) A Boy, a Bear and a Big Black Cat. (laughs) (laughs) The Jungle Book, yeah. So he sent that around. It's like, well, we might as well rename all of them. Wow. <laughs> and it made Eisner very, very angry. <laughs> well, I mean, Eisner, you know, seems like such a reasonable person to take over from the very reasonable Disney. So, like, why would that make him angry? A boy, a bear and a big black cat. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> okay. Should we uh, should we take a break and jump into the the music? Let's do it. We'll Woo! take five and then we'll we'll come back, guys. Enjoy. Hey guys, it's Will here. The Will that you've been listening to already up until this point in time from dissecting Disney ditties. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been a while. Um, guys, I just wanted to send out a quick shout-out to all our patrons. Thank you so much for all your support and all your your um, your your excitement about the show and, and loving what we're doing. And we love receiving messages from you guys, not just our Patreons, but also um, our general public as well. We've been receiving some really, really lovely feedback over the, over the course of our break, so thank you so much. Um, if you want to support us on Patreon, you can. Uh, you go to patreon.com slash dissectingdisneyditties where you'll get access to bonus episodes uh, as well as some other fun stuff that we've got in the works um, if you are unable to support us with uh, through Patreon that's absolutely fine the best thing you can do to help us out is to share these posts to your page recommend it to your friends and help us grow the show guys we really love talking about this stuff and we really love sharing it with you so yeah that's all thank you very much and let's get back to the show Let's start from the very beginning, except there's no songs for like the first 40 minutes of this movie. Yeah, it's not a long movie, but there's only three songs and they are very spaced out, but it starts very late. Yeah. Like it feels very empty in terms of songs. But the first song we actually get is called 
the world's greatest criminal mind. Oh my god, you said it right. I did. Even Peter, you made it. Worse than the widows and orphans you drowned. You're the best of the worst around. So this is the song that is sort of, well, like we have seen uh, Radigan before, um, but obviously this is sort of the first, uh, the first sort of introduction we really get to him through his uh, little offsiders singing this wonderful song. Now, yeah, in case you didn't know, this character's name is Radigan, but he is not a rat, Stack is. He, well, hmm. Mm, mm. I don't know, how woke are we being here? <laughs> he's, look, he's not a rat. And if you call him one, he will feed you to a cat. Oh, isn't it cute? It is a cute cat. I found it actually very, uh, like, tense when he was doing that whole bit where he, like, dragged the guy outside, rang the bell. I found the bell very intimidating. Big-ass cat. Big-ass cat. It's actually a very effective sequence, and it was quite dark. And I I don't... I asked my niece and nephew, because I watched it with them while we were away on, on holidays, I asked them what they thought at the end, and they were just, they weren't super enthused. They were like, yeah, okay. But um, uh, I, I sort of looked at them as this pit was happening, because it was very, it seemed very dark and mm. very out of the out of the blue. And they were a bit like, they, they were very engrossed with what was happening. Yeah. Yeah, very effective. Is that the effective. first real villain we've had in ages? I think it is, because, um, I mean, Shere Khan... Was I mean she can't? Nah, it's the not first, like scary. No, it's the first scary villain that has been very present throughout the movie. Apart from like maybe Sleeping Beauty. That's probably the last. That's probably big like the one. last before yeah. we had like Snow White. I'd say too, but we haven't had yeah. any like villain villains. No, and I think it's like it kind of makes sense now. We've gone more for comedy now because if you think of like the Jungle Book, the the villains are. Yeah, they're funny. Mm. You know, the snake. Yeah, the yeah. snake is hilarious, yeah, but he's true. also trying to eat Mowgli. Very true, yes. Um, yeah. So it was kind of refreshing, but I thought it was interesting that when I have, because I'm a big fan of a medley, mm. and I've seen quite a few Disney villain medleys, this has never been in it. Interesting. Because it's not a bad song. Like, I've always thought putting Mad Madame Mim was like a stretch. Like, oh, yeah, go you. Putting in something... Niche, but this yeah, is like Gaston. Yeah. yeah, right. I really see this as the foreshadowing of Gaston. It feels very similar. Yeah, yeah. Radigan, Gaston. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. it's in six and six, eight time. One, two, three, four, five, six. Radigan, four, five. So Radigan, two, four, five, six. Right. And Gaston is no one. Da, 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 da. I think it's in three. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two. Yeah, it's in three, not six, I don't think. But. Still, they're in triple time. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I found them very similar. Worse than the widows and orphans you drowned. You're the best of the worst around. Orion, Orion, the rest fall behind. Radigan, to Radigan, the world's greatest criminal. Goes tromping around wearing boots like Gaston. I use antlers in all of my decorating. Say it again, Gaston! 
this might be a dumb question, but is six eight and three eight three four time just basically like faster three, three, or slower? Three four time and six eight time. Three four time and six eight time. Um, so we're just counting in groups of three, yeah. basically. So where your beat hits in six eight, your beat hits at one and four. So one two three four five six. Right. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Um, in three four, it's just one two three one two three. But anyway, okay. you're grouping in threes. Yeah. Whereas in common time, which mm. like four four. Um, we count in four or multiples of four if you're going to go two, four. Oh, right, okay. You know, yeah, cool, Multiples cool, cool. of two. Uh, it, yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. It's not in three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even numbers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how did you rate the, the world's, world's greatest, greatest criminal, criminal mind? mind? I gave this two for music, two for lyrics, two for animation, three for contribution because mm-hmm. I was like, ah, deserves to be there yep. and zero for cake because I feel like I know it until I don't hear it for five minutes. I'm like, no, I don't remember how that went. <laughs> no, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I gave it a three for music and a three for lyrics. Um, I was probably a little bit generous on the lyrics, but I think musically it's quite fun. Yeah. Um, I gave it a four for animation only because I, I, I think I rated that a bit high only because I found the, the sort of sequence that's in the middle of the song, but it's not, I guess it's not technically part of the song, but the, the bit with the cat, I found that very effective. You know, I said out loud, if the cat was part of that song, my animation score would have been yeah, higher. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I just love how it's so disproportionate. It's yeah. this massive cat with this tiny, tiny head. It's, like, a, jab, it's a jab of the hut cat yeah. almost. Stacks of cat and then yeah. the little face on top. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think I rated it a bit highly because of that. Um, and then for contribution, I gave it a two and a cake score, I gave it a one. Because mm. the only thing I really remember is or the Radigan. Radigan. <laughs> yeah. It's just funny to be like, I'm not a rat and you literally have named yourself <laughs> Rat again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Um, but very, very iconic voice, but very different to how I thought he was going to sound as well. Like Radigan's quite an interesting, yeah, interesting voiced character. Um, Yeah, look, uh, um, let's jump into the next song, um, which is called Let Me Be Good To You, and it's the uh, sexy, sexy mouse song. You tough guys, you're feeling all alone. You rough guys, the best of you sailors and bums All are my chums So dream on And drink your beer Get cozy Your baby's here You won't be misunderstood Let me be good to you This song for me just felt like it came out of nowhere it so would not be in a in a Disney film today. No. This actually was the first Disney animated film to be rated PG. Really? Mm. Ah, interesting. And was it because of this sequence I or Yes. I don't know, maybe the villain's a bit scary. Yeah, well, I mean that is very intense that that moment. This is very sexy stuff. and it sings about beer and there's mm. a lot of smoking oh, in true. it. True, yeah, there like, is a, there is a lot of smoking in this movie. Yeah, yeah, a lot of kind of adult content in here. We did get the warning about adult content at the start and I yeah, I do remember I, um, my sister-in-law turned to me and was like, "Oh, tobacco <laughs> references or there's something." There's no boobies in this <laughs> one though. I'm like the other mouse movie. Look, there might as well be. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be some mouse titties. Yeah, when uh, she takes off the skirt, I was like, woo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is where, 
a whole generation of children start to get confused about what they should find sexy or not. Because we've got this, we've got Lola Bunny from fucking Space, Space Jam. Jam. We're a messed up generation, people, and it's because of this. Yeah, we had Aladdin, so. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> True, true. Um, okay, so I rated Let Me Be Good to You a three for music. No, sorry, four for music uh-huh. um, because I think her voice is stunning. Uh-huh. I think she sings the shit out of it. Uh-huh. Uh, I gave it a two for lyrics, uh-huh. a three for animation, uh-huh. and it could just be because she's a sexy mouse. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I gave it a 12 for and Sorry. Um. <laughs> I am sweating too hard to read what I <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Um, I gave it a zero for contribution because uh-huh. I cannot think what it contributes to the story. Well, it just sets up. They, I feel like they needed something mm. so that Dawson could get wasted and cause trouble and then everything goes to shit. Yeah, so they true. needed something there. True. Very true. Yeah. And it might as well be entertaining. True, yeah. So I might change that to a one because, that. yeah, you're right, that does set up that. Uh, and then I gave it a one for cake score because, I yeah, I really liked it but I just cannot remember what it, uh, what it mm. does, what it sounds like. Well, I gave it three and a half for music because I agree her voice is great. It's beautiful. We will talk about that in a second. I gave it two for lyrics, two for animation, Two for contribution and zero for cake because, again, I just don't remember it. I know it's like a honky-tonk thing. Mm. Um, so Melissa what's her name? Melissa Manchester was not the original pick for this. Oh, I was about to say this. You do it. Yep. <laughs> so originally they were like, we need a show number, and Michael Eisner was like, I've got the perfect person, Michael Jackson. Yep. Yep. Which, <laughs> according to Wikipedia, was, was met, met with, with a room of silence. silence. <laughs> I love that quote. It was met with an uncomfortable silence. He was okay. You can just imagine this like new guy. He's like, I'm going to fucking blow him away with this suggestion. Michael Jackson. And then everyone's just staring at him. So Michael Jackson was vetoed. Yeah. So the next suggestion was Madonna. Classic. So Madonna would have been pretty young at this stage as well. Let's let's check that. She's currently sixty three. She's born in nineteen fifty eight. Huh. So Mr. Maths, how so old was she? She in? was twenty eight. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. So they suggested her and for whatever reason that didn't happen. Mm. So then they went with the incredibly famous Melissa Manchester. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've got <laughs> From them yeah. to her. And yeah. look, she kills it, so it's fine. But she also wrote the song, so she wrote it and performed it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they had already, so obviously Michael Jackson was going to be a male character, but then they decided it was going to be Madonna. Um, they had already started animating it. Yeah. And then when they brought her on, they had to reanimate a bunch of it because they wanted her to actually sing what, was singing not be mm. so backgroundy. So. so yeah, this is actually my little tidbit, my little factoid. Ooh, hit me. Um, which you may have already seen. Um so originally before they went through all this discussion, uh, Mancini had composed a song called Are You the One Who Loves Me? And it's the song that was ultimately cut from the movie. I could not find a recording of it anywhere. Right. Could not find it. Um and it was supposed to be a parody of like Victorian British music hall music. Yep. Um 
And that song, that song had also started to be animated. It was in rough animation, mm. essentially. And the song was recorded by Shani Wallace, who is a West End performer, best known as playing Nancy in the 1968 Oliver film. Yeah. So when Katzenberg and Eisner came on and all this new management came on, they desired something that was more contemporary to sort of um, uh, make the film more marketable, which is then when we got into this whole, should it be Michael Jackson? Should it be Madonna? No, let's bring on Melissa Manchester. Yeah. I I guess it might have been considered quite important given there's hardly any music in this movie. So it's like, let's have that one big song. You need the bangers. Mm. You need the bangers. Um. But yeah, that's uh, that's let me be good to you, which yeah is a I really like that as a song. It's um, fun. I think that she, her voice is incredible. I just the whole time my jaw was on the floor that this was in it. Yeah, yeah. Film. yeah. I was like, she's tripping. Yeah, <laughs> this is literally a yeah. burlesque yeah. musical. It is. It's a burlesque <laughs> song. Like far out. Okay, okay. Mm. Um, yeah, and then we get to the final song in the show, which is called Goodbye So Soon. So soon, and isn't this a crime? We know by now the time knows how to fly. <laughs> so here's goodbye. So soon, you'll find your separate way. If time's so short, I'll say so long and go. So soon, <laughs> goodbye. I like this song. I like it too. I think um, Vincent Price does a great job because he sings both his mm. parts in Radigan and this, and I think he does a really great job. Um, I gave it a three for music mm-hmm. and a three for lyrics, mm-hmm. a three for animation, a one for contribution, and a one for cake score. Right. All of these songs are only memorable in that I know like a little bit, the goodbye so soon or the let me be good to you. <laughs> you know, like I don't know any of it except for those bits. Right. Well, I gave this uh, three for music. Yep. Two for lyrics. Uh-huh. Three for animation. Yep. Two for contribution mm-hmm. and zero for cake. Yeah. I love the idea. It's one of those stupid things where it's like you could just kill them now. Yeah, yeah. And usually in any other movie, it's like stop monologuing and mm. just shoot him in the head. Is this when but, he set up the big contraption? Yeah, yeah and yeah, so he gives yeah, this yeah. massive monologue and he's like, I've written you a song <laughs> and when the song ends, then all this stuff's going to happen and then you'll die. Yeah. And I don't have time for it because it's going to take like half an hour. So yeah, bye. Yeah. Like it's just, it's so stupid. Um, it is stupid. But I think this is about the point where I was fully on board with this movie. I was like, fucking oath, give me all of this. So this is where the CGI comes into it. So all of the cogs went, uh, sorry, they escape and then they crash into Big Ben. The Big Ben, yeah, yeah. And then inside that, how it's all cogs, that's all CGI. Interesting. And they were just super excited because they could basically animate just the running mice and then move it through like a camera, through all this on a computer, which would have been mind-blowing. Yeah, that would have been some... At the time, mind-bending yeah. shit, yeah, yeah. 100%. so that's where that came in. But I actually loved the contraption, how it was going to snap them on the mouse trap, yeah. shoot them, and then crush <laughs> then them crush with an them. anvil. <laughs> it's very cool. It's so funny. It is so fucking funny. Then I'm going to kill you three different ways. Yeah. <laughs> 
It is so like James Bond camp villain. Yeah. It is incredible. I was like, when that gun goes off, that is definitely going to flip the yeah. the mouse <laughs> trap. So that anvil's going to fall on nothing anyway. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I admire the commitment it to is the cool. craft. And then they set it off early and it's yeah. all very fun. I do like it. It is very cool. Yeah, but that's all of the music. There is literally three songs in this movie. Yeah. Um. So we have a we have a winner. We have a oh we have a winner by point five. Oh, which is goodbye so soon. Goodbye so soon. Now, as you see, this game is through. So although it hurts, I'll try to smile as I say goodbye so soon. And isn't this a crime? We know by now. Time knows how to fly So here's goodbye So soon You'll find your separate way With time so short I'll say so long and go I kind of wish it was a full Because it's like on a... a what do you call those? Gramophones? Yeah, yeah. So it's like gramophone quality when you hear it in the movie, but when you hear it full out, it's such a great song. It is. To so have like a backup like ensemble as well would yeah. make it sound really cool. Ooh, and, uh, <laughs> goodbye. But goodbye. also justice for the sexy mouse. I mean. Look, she lost by 0. 0.5. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty high up on the sexy score, but unfortunately we don't have one we of those. We should have a sexy yeah. score. <laughs> Uh, Scar in Be Prepared would get like oh, five yeah. out of five. Sexy, yeah. sexy, sexy Aladdin, cat. anything he sings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Singing about his dead parents. We'll, sexy. We'll talk, yeah. we'll talk. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's the Great Mouse Detective. That is the Great Mouse Detective. Now it is time for everyone's favourite segment. Angie's Anecdotes. Um, I don't know if you've been away with small children recently, but... It can be very never by choice. It can be very tiring, and it's not because they're like hard work. It's just that we're like you're constantly on edge almost because you're like watching what you say and all this sort of stuff. So Angie and I are very tired. Watch what you say and make sure they don't die. That's your two jobs. (laughs) But watch the sexy mouse, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so we were both very tired watching this movie and Angie admittedly slept through a lot of it. Um, But she did wake up. We have so much in common. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But there is one section where um, Basil's trying to determine the... the, origin of something that he's found. He's trying to work out where it's come from mm-hmm. and, and it's going through like this whole chemistry set, you know, he's bubbling oh, the yeah, thing. And all it's all so stuff. cool. So Angie wakes up and like starts awake next to me and goes, I just, I just woke up. Is this a meth lab? Angie's <laughs> <laughs> But that's Basil, the great mouse detective from 1986. Breaking Breaking Mouse edition. (laughs) Walter White, the great (laughs) mouse meth dealer. So uh, I don't believe that's, yeah, that's not going to touch anything remotely close to the top with a score of 21 points. Mm. That sits that on a comfortable 40. But it's, um, it's not a bad movie. I don't think. No, it just is a movie. Like, I found that way more entertaining than The Rescuers. Yeah, and even Fox and the Hound, I found it more entertaining than that. I I actually think, yeah, I found this more entertaining than a lot of what we've covered in recent 
episodes. I think it helps because the damsel in distress is so cute. Yeah. I didn't find yeah. Penny and the rescuers cute. No, but I found no. But o- uh, Olivia. Olivia. Olivia is cute. Adorable. Yeah. Mm. yeah, agreed. Agreed. Especially because Basil's so mean to her and she's yeah, so he's oblivious. He's a dick. Like- <laughs> Basil, why? <laughs> he's like, she's not bad for a little girl. Yes. I'm like, she's gorgeous. Yeah, but um, that's uh, that's that. Like I said, that's the Great Mouse Detective. Now, next episode, we are covering a movie that I have never seen, and I've never seen it either. I did not even know this movie existed no. until after we'd made the spreadsheet, uh-huh. and you messaged me to say, "Do you know what this movie is?" Yeah, because my friend Pat was like, "Oh, definitely Oliver and Company," and I was like. What? <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you, take you on a journey of young Will's life next week when we talk about Oliver like, and um, Co. Sorry, we next have episode. Time, no, Will. No, no. <laughs> I'll save that for the Oliver and Company. The bonus episode, episode is just Will's life <laughs> yeah. story. You know what? It would take an entire bonus episode, if not series. So. <laughs> but look, guys, until next time, thank you once again for joining us in 2022 for Dissecting Disney Diddies. I'm Stackers. And I'm Will. Bye. Bye. Powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply.